Hello, dear listeners. It's been a very long time. It's been no time to die, really. And it's now finally here. It's finally made Australia. So thank you for enjoying our little musical interlude that uh, came beforehand. If you have not seen uh, No Time to Die, please stop this podcast. It will self-destruct in five seconds. Um, and we will, uh, because we will be discussing an awful lot of spoilers within here. Um, also, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to a podcast about No Time to Die, I, I wonder what you're doing. absolutely go and watch it now because um frankly i I think it's nothing best to do with your life um but we are going to be discussing no time to die across the entirety of this podcast and i'm sure there will be a few little side vignettes as well um and obviously uh to discuss as ever i have uh graham sibley and terry defellin um and we're all at very different stages i think with um our experience of no time style i have just seen it the once terry the twice and graham you have seen it three times um so obviously that counts you as an expert on the internet so uh, we'll be leaning to yours your expertise i hope i've not put any pressure on you for this podcast not at all gary not at all uh and i saw i've probably seen it uh the most recently out of the three of us as well because I, I watched it last weekend and and of course i was uh the first one to see it out of us as well so i i, I thought i'd just drop that one in there as well Excellent. And, and Terry, I hope that you are comfortable then with Graham playing the role of expert. We will have to bring hot takes in based on memory. Um, and, you know, are we comfortable playing this role in this podcast? Uh, I, it's the only way I know to podcast, Gary. So, yeah, I'm more than comfortable. comfortable. Excellent. Excellent. So um, first question, um, and I'll, I'll go to you first, Terry. Was it worth the wait for you? Uh, oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, in in terms of was the film good and did I enjoy it? Uh, and yes, it was absolutely uh, well worth the wait. Uh, and I'm pleased that they did um, uh, wait rather than get tempted to do a deal with some streaming firm. Um, because although I mean, it would still have been a very emotional uh, and enjoyable watch. Uh, it, it it wouldn't have had the same impact, I think, if without seeing it. Uh, in a large screen. James Bond has always been built for the cinema and it, it may well be one of the last, you know, even when there's, even when there's only a few cinemas left in the, in, a, in, in the world, uh, they will still be showing James Bond films because it is in, inherently built for, for it to be watched at the cinema. Yeah. I'm just full of emotion as to, uh, as to what happened uh, in this movie. Yeah. I, I took several days to process the ending as well. Um, Graham, you were, um, lucky enough to see it at the premiere as well um more shocked by the ending or uh daniel craig's salmon pink tuxedo uh, well i was very close to uh to daniel craig's uh salmon pink tuxedo and uh, it was more a cerise really in, in real life um yeah because uh if i haven't mentioned it uh i was there at the premiere um so so yeah um yeah that that was great um but no it was it was it all um it all made for a, a fantastic experience um, with the film there. 
you could have knocked me down with a feather when you when when uh, I was told it was two hours and three quarters because it, it in every viewing I've had since it has flown by absolutely flown by. There is nothing about the film that that, that drags. Uh, and yes, I can I can appreciate that that there are points in it where um, you that that are open to um, to criticism. Um, especially if you're not really a fan of the franchise, but for any fan of of of, of the Daniel Craig Bond films, I think this this ticks so many boxes, and is uh, I think it's fantastic. Uh, on the third viewing, there uh, there are perhaps a few plot holes I could pick, um, a few questions and um, and motivations, but really they're tiny and, and really they're easy for me to to, to sort of ignore or happily say as well you know, it just keep, keeps the story going so yeah don't worry about it so yeah overall fantastic from the great experience of seeing it in the premiere to the third time where I, I watched it at home on the telly and Terry's right um I'm so glad that I've got had the chance to see it twice at the cinema um because although i mean i've got quite a decent setup at home but yeah it's it's not the same as being in a cinema it really isn't yeah uh, i can i'm completely with you on that as well that i came out of the cinema obviously um sort of slightly dazed by what i'd just seen and then um on my way home i i the more i thought about it the more i, I thought yes you know i'm i'm very very glad that they did not spend the time kind of trying to get it out as quickly as possible um and whilst obviously you know they kept putting it back and putting it back i, I couldn't have imagined watching that film um on the small screen to start off with it was very much a cinematic experience it was it was and i think it's the first time in a long time that I've watched a film that I've really felt that it deserved the big screen on the cinema, even with the, um, you know, watched a lot of the Marvel movies and they are great spectacles, but at the same point, I can watch them on TV relatively happily. Um, and I did with, with Black Widow, um, which is excellent. Um, but yeah, for Bond, I, I would have felt very, very, um, I think cheated if I'd watched it. On uh, on my st- through a streaming service because I would have cheated myself from the whole experience. So I am uh, yeah I am also very glad. And Graham, I'm guessing um, from now having seen it three times, um, we've obviously seen all the other Craig films quite a lot. How does this one for you stand up to repeat viewings, other than a few pl- plot holes? It really well. Um, you you sort of think because a lot of the of of the of the impact of the film. Is with its surprises or it or the way that the whole thing pans out, um, but it is such a well uh, crafted story, and and it is a story. They're, 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 it goes through really well. It's really nicely uh, uh, plotted and nicely timed as well. I, I I found, and that's the reason for me why why the time just just sailed past. There were no flat bits in this film at all. Unless there, there are periods where you're just naturally getting your uh, breath back between action sequences, um, so yeah, it does stand up well, and it stands up to to repeat repeat viewing, and it's it's a sort of film that I can imagine coming back to a lot in 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 the coming years, especially with it being being the final one. I think this is up there with uh, Casino Royale. Uh, I think it, it, in 
objectively, if I was to come back here on, uh, if we do this in two years' time and we do the uh, the retrospective of of the Craig era, I will probably put it below Casino Royale. But I don't know. I don't know. It, it may have that that thing where where it comes back to me. I mean, I, I there is always this initial rush of a new Bond film that you always it always is a you always think of it better than it actually is. Um, but that soon goes after a second or third viewing. And for me, this this isn't. There, there are still things in it that I, I really like and I want to see again. Scenes that I I, I want to 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 stick on because I, I feel that there's something more I can get out of it. But uh, yeah, I, I I think this is going to really stand up uh, to the test of time. It, it is a genuine classic. Yeah, it, it definitely. I, I mean, obviously, having only just seen it once, but I, I would agree with what you said. I do feel that um, I'm not sure whether it's going to quite replace Casino Royale as my my favourite Craig film, but it, it's certainly given it a good co and come very close. And I guess um, the thing that we kind of really have to discuss, and at this point, I will emphasise if you've not seen the film, please just stop listening because we're going to go straight into the ending because it's the only place that you can really go. Um, and Terry, the ending... Um, the missiles, the um, the emotional heft. Did you see any of that coming? And really, how do you feel about the fact that at the end of this, we have a dead bond? So yeah, the first inkling I got was 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 when he was about to embark upon that kind of video game style sort of like attack on the tower, and after he said goodbye and his kind of his farewells and his au revoirs, and I just thought, I wonder if perhaps they're going to finish this in a very different way and i and i thought it just feels as though there's a there's an element of tragedy and i think thinking back on it there's a kind of an element of tragedy i think across across all of craig's bond uh, of of the of the james bond character under daniel craig that they they tap into that kind of sort of like general you know kind of hopelessness of the life that he has i mean he's an assassin you know, or a man who is incapable and probably morally doesn't deserve a good life, or indeed a happy, necessarily a happy ending. Um, and then, of course, it really dawned on me when, when the in the in the poison garden when he was poisoned, um, and and um, and then I thought, you know what, I think that this this is probably going to end up in some kind of this is going to be some kind of sacrifice. But I think, to be fair. I think most of the audience probably at that point were, were would have been on board with that because I mean I think that that's clearly where the narrative was driving, um, and so I mean I wasn't therefore I don't know whether or not I was shocked though, I mean it's obviously a surprising if you told me if you'd spoiled it for me I would have been very very shocked it, it, but but it, I think that the movie artfully and skillfully moved me to the point where I was kind of you know. I was I was ready for it, and it was, and I all I felt was a degree of I don't know, sadness and a degree of grief if you can feel grief for a fictional character, um, and 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 completion, um, and it was strangely satisfying. I didn't feel as if it was a mistake. I didn't feel it was the the wrong call. It seemed to all build up quite smoothly and nicely to that point. Mm, Graham, how did you feel once um, that? You had that ending in there with, um, and you realised no, they they actually have done it in this one. They actually have decided to kill James Bond at the end of this film. 
I, I felt that it was natural. It was a natural ending to, to the film. Uh, and I, and I, as I said before, I think even when you know the, 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 the shocks, the so-called shocks in the film, there's still so much to enjoy in this film. And the way in which they, they did it makes it okay. It makes it okay to, 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 for you to come back. I think even if you have had the ending spoilt for you, which is, it is terrible, it's awful, and it's, it's a dick move. But even if it has been spoilt for you, there's no reason you cannot go and see this film and be completely blown away by it because it's not the shock of him dying that it, that makes this film. It, 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 the, the, him dying actually works very well. And yeah, you're right. He's not allowed to have that, that happy ending. Happy ending does not happen to people like, like James Bond. Um, the, uh, um, really the the moment that 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 you think he's not going to survive is probably the time when that slinky comes down the stairs it's 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 probably that point when you think well yeah now now you have a family you you can't do any of this stuff anymore you could so so you either go off and live happily retirement some somewhere or you uh or or you you die um and it was the latter. So I, I think it's I think it's a great. I mean, the, the the thing that I had to stick in the in my chair for in the Royal Abbot Hall when the credits were going uh, was for the words to come up at the end, and that's what I was really really waiting for, and that's what made me actually yell out with with a, with a cheer at the end of it when the words came up: "James Bond will return." And God, do they make you wait for it? They even put up the uh, the MGM logo before. Before before the word James Bond will return comes up, but it's there. They've written it. They can't go back on it now. So yes, he will be back. Mm. It was I I I I knew that they were there, but that's only because I I looked partly because um the the biggest challenge for me at that point was the fact that it was so long that um my bladder could not hold through the entirety <laughs> of the. Which uh, um, I think was the same for many other people in there, judging by the queue <laughs> at the toilets. Um, Too many stubbies there. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The Australians will drink anywhere, um, and that includes the cinema as well. I, so, I, went, uh, I went to a lunchtime screening and uh, didn't drink anything from when I first woke up <laughs> to it. So that I, so I could, I thought, I don't know, even though I had a cup of tea and I'm going to want to go to the loo about 20 minutes into this, and that, I thought, no, no, that is not going to, that's not going to happen. It's not for this movie. Yeah, I, w- I was tactical. I basically went in and was like, right, when I think the point is that it, we're about three minutes away, I'm going to do a quick dash and back again to make sure that I'm not going to, uh, not going to compromise my viewing entertainment. <laughs> I need some sacrifices that we have to make. And they are big sacrifices as well, although probably potentially not as big as, as Bonds. Um, but um, Terry, obviously, we, we now have this sort of big emotional heft of an ending. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but for me, it felt, as Graham said, it, it felt um, natural. But I remember when I saw the ending Spectre, and I think we all thought Spectre was going to be Craig's last film. And there was something... Uh, despite the fact that Spectre is is probably not a massively satisfying film overall, but the ending of that was was very unsatisfying as well. Whereas this, whilst I was not on board necessarily with Spectre of tying the whole four films together, it felt 
a little bit forced. This one actually suddenly felt so much more like everything that had gone before, even sort of the bits I wasn't keen on in, in Quantum and Skyfall and Spectre. Everything suddenly hung together. Um, and yeah, I, I felt I felt like I'd seen the closing of a book rather than the closing of a chapter, which was kind of more what Spectre felt like. Yeah, because it's an it's an interesting what they've done because they shifted the emphasis from Spectre in there because they effectively ended Spectre um, uh, completely uh, in that in that book, and which adds to the tragedy of 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 Bond's demise is of course because you know in a very very meaningful way all of his enemies are are dead um, and you know there you know it's he is free. To, to 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 he has he has had literally all the time in the world so um and it, it's uh, that's that's the tragedy but i thought it was quite um i thought it was wise to you know not necessarily make the movie completely about spectre but while at the same time making it a fundamental component and then moving things on to uh to to this to this outfit that uh, that 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 Safin was was running uh, and focus on the, you know, the, the consequences of Spectre, the victims of Spectre, which, of course, Safin is and as indeed is is Madeleine Swan. And in a very meaningful way, I feel that that really was what the film was about. I mean, for me, it was, for the film felt more in some ways like it was actually about Madeleine Swan and that James Bond is a not a peripheral character, but peripheral to the to the central point of the story um, and the facilitator. Of Madeline Swan's happiness, because of course, she and her daughter, all of her, all of their enemies are now dead, and they now can move on. Um, and Bond's helped facilitate this and made this and made the ultimate sacrifice to ensure, you know, that it happened, and then that his leg- legacy continues. And it's it's very very beautiful, you know, in a blowy uppy, very very violent, lots of missiles and guns going off kind of way. That kind of beauty, you know, the kind of beauty that I mean. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> So you know, what, what, what did you ask me, Gary? I feel I've gone somewhere else. <laughs> uh, that, that is uh, utterly understandable. And more just in terms of the satisfaction of the ending, as much as anything else. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, no, sorry. So to, to, yeah, so, so to Spectre, I mean, I thought that that was a really good way of tying that up because I think that it, Spectre's conception was was somewhat, yeah, chaotic. Uh, we thought, oh, guys, legal have called. We've got Spectre back. Great. Get it into the next film and do it now. I don't care how you do it; just get it in. And and it was not a, the the most graceful way of of bringing back such an august uh, fictional organisation to the to the franchise. But I did think it was a very tidy way of 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 of, of doing it off and a spectacular way of doing it. I mean, you know, you know, the the, the manner with which Spectre Spectre uh, plotline was resolved is one of the best scenes in the film, one of the most enjoyable scenes in the film. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I could watch that. Well, I will watch that again and again. And um, Graham, if if there was anything, I would be very down for a Paloma spin-off as well. Oh, well, certainly, certainly. I mean, that whole scene, the whole scenes in Cuba are amazing. Um, and yes, yes, Anadamas is, is uh, yes, particularly disarming. Um, that That is perhaps... One of the, the the best eight minutes of uh, of of any Bond film ever. Um, she is brilliant, and of course, Spectre die at a super spreader event. Who could ask for anything more? It's it, it is <laughs> it's perfect. I hope cheese and wine was served. Uh, it's, um, it, it is 
It is brilliant. Uh, but no, that scene is is incredible, and and is so good. Even the escape, well, no, especially the 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 the, uh, the escape from from the party, um, just just adds to it as well. A lot of action. Uh, we introduced to the new 007 as well, which was another great. Uh, wasn't really surprised. You could have kind of guessed that from the trailer, but it was it was it was great to see it there anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, this this is. Uh, I mean, all Bond films are a, a string of set pieces, aren't they? They're, they're, but it, it's one of the things we 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 love about it. But in so many Bond films, there's you can see the joins. They're, they're just basically they're like butted up together, quite quite closely. But you can sort of say, well, yeah, there's absolutely no reason for you to be here, is there? But but at least this way, it, it did seem like there was a natural thing going through there. And of course, if you're a Bond nuts as well. There are things you see everywhere, and I keep watching this film now, and I'm picking things out all over the place. Uh, I've I've sat down and watched it with with my wife, and, and through lockdown, we watched, we did a, a full rewatch of the films. So she's pretty clued clued up on the films as well. So um, we we were, we were watching it last weekend on the telly, going right that plane they're getting into. Is that Pam's plane from uh, from Licence to Kill? Because I'm pretty sure it looks a hell of a lot like it when when they're getting into the seaplane. I'm I'm, I'm I'm probably like like clutching at it now. One of my favourite um, uh, aspects of the, one, one of the favourite things that I picked out in the first viewing was when Safin's in with Swan in the uh, having the consultation, and he picks out the foxglove there, and he says it could just make your heart. Stop. And now the Latin name of foxglove is digitalis, which is the poison used to make Bond's heart stop in Casino Royale. So is that just a lovely little callback to Casino Royale? Was he the provider of the poison that was put in his Vespa? Oh, if that is, if that if that's a deliberate use there, if that's just like a little cryptic crossword puzzle that that you've just slipped in there, then mwah, chef's kiss, mate. That that's brilliant because I got it. <laughs> if I'm the only person in the whole cinema who got it, well, fine. I don't care. I love things like that. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, um, so many little kind of Easter eggs for people all the way through, and and yeah, I've. I've had a few others mentioned to me by by other friends, and I've had to. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm just going to have to watch it again. I'm almost take a notepad the next time <laughs> to try and, and and get everything into there. But yeah, I mean, you, you and Terry, in terms of what Graham said as well, just like obviously you've got that potential little Easter egg of tying it back. But um, does this work for you as kind of almost like a a separate set of five stories? In a Bond universe, but sort of lifted out of a Bond universe of, of the Bond universe that we know, because that's how it kind of felt like to me that you actually had a very satisfying arc here. And it's almost like um, potentially a comic book story where they they lift Batman into a different world or Spider Man into a different world, and it makes complete sense. You buy into it, but it might not necessarily fit with the whole um, narrative that's gone beforehand. Uh, yes, I do. I think that um, that uh, Barbara Broccoli has fully embraced the multiverse concept, and that this is uh, this is a, a, a this is a series of, of of movies that just ties itself off, and then they will move on and do them again. But it is consistent with James Bond because, as we've discussed on numerous occasions, 
pretty much every James Bond film is standalone. It's, it's essentially an anthology series. They, there's some references to earlier movies. I mean, like, for example, in For Your Eyes Only and Spy Lovely, there's a reference to James Bond's um, wife in that. And, and there's probably a few more, but they don't necessarily directly link back to Honor Majesty's Secret Service. These movies are are essentially standalone. And um, all that's happened with the Daniel Craig films is that he's just taken, they've just extended that to a series of movies. And then, you know, it, it, so it's perfectly consistent to then start again uh, with, a, with, with a new movie. Obviously, the finality of the conclusion you know, it does does because may it may feel a bit jarring, but this is such an old franchise now, and like we're so used to actors changing that I don't believe anyone would blink at the thought. They're not going to have to. They they won't be bringing him back to life. They're not going to sort of like go to the Genesis planet and 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 and, and find him or, or you know it's not it's not um there's not going to be any kind of sort of you know shenanigans or it won't be young Bond. It'll just be a, you know they'll just restart the franchise. I personally hope, I know we're not here to talk about the future, but I personally hope that they do go back to that old school single movie stories and then move on. But that's that's a that's a conversation for another time. But yeah, I'm completely comfortable. There's, there's been, the Daniel Craig era is not for everyone because because of the, the choices that, that the writers have made and, and, the, and the, the direction the character's gone. I mean, for me, as someone who yearned during the Roger Moore years, and indeed, the, you know, well, well, but since the Roger Moore years, to, to explore the kind of Fleming novels a bit more, the characteristics of the Fleming novels a bit more, I've all, I've really enjoyed the Daniel Craig movies because they have done that. Now that it's done, I am quite, I would quite like to have a little bit more, a little bit more joy uh, in these movies, a little bit more fun, a little bit more levity. A little bit more humour, perhaps, in these movies, and maybe not quite so macabre and quite so dark uh, in their tone. Um, not that there's no joy in this, because we just talked about the Cuba scene, which is some of the most joyful James Bond you'll ever ever see in any era. But I would quite like to see that going there. Going there. But yeah, now that it's it's finished, I kind of can look back on it and 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 with a great deal of satisfaction, and and look forward to doing a rewatch of those all of those movies and watching them all in sequence and seeing whether or not I can piece together some stuff and be as big-brained as, as Graham is. <laughs> yeah, it, it does fit in. And, you know, I I wonder how things are going to, to work. Obviously, it's not um, unknown for have continuity. You obviously had to Judy Dench coming in from the Brosnan era into the Craig films. Personally, I hope that they keep Ben Whishaw because I absolutely love his turns as Q. Um, there's just a they're wonderful interplay. It's it's taken a little bit to get in, but there's almost that wonderful, um, slightly different type of antagonism that you had with um, Bond and Desmond Llewellyn as well where just that exasperation and obviously the ages are slightly reversed in this but um ben wisher is, is certainly one of my favorite characters and if any of them survive into the new era i hope that he he does and i also hope that he's able to have um a bond that is is worth um sparring with and the exasperation that comes with the q character sits in there it's definitely uh one of my highlights of of the series um bernard, bernard lee had three bonds so i mean as m didn't he so there yeah. and desmond lennon had you know had had, had had them all up to craig so there's no reason why they can't do that actually, as, as well we, we saw the development of of m as well through through going from brosnan to 
uh, to the Craig era. Because if, if you remember when when she's introduced in Goldeneye, she's she's very much the 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 modern civil servant, isn't she? The 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 queen of numbers. And yet, by the time we get to Skyfall, she's the haggard old cold warrior, isn't she? So she's <laughs> she 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 is the the uh, the dinosaur that she accuses um, Bond of being. Uh, and so, so you do see 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 that that sort of not not development of character. It, I, I think it's it's a shift of character. So yeah, you can easily say that that like you know these are two two people living in alternate universes. I like the fact that there isn't really a canon in Bond now to do with this thing because because once you get into canons and like that you get things like you know, I get people asking Daniel Craig like whether his films are prequels to the other ones like, what <laughs> what do you do they're films <laughs> really really like you know they're telling a story on themselves and yeah I, I I'm, I'm with Terry I really wish that they would do um single stories now but obviously we don't these aren't the way stories are told anymore, and we and they are going to be be having to be made for a, a new audience. I wonder sometimes in the the, the storytelling of especially the ending of of this one, which um, did seem to be lifted straight from a video game. I mean, mm. I, I, it it jarred a little bit to me, but then I thought, actually, no, this is this is comfortable. I I I go with it if it was if it was in a video game you'd happily go with this thing of uh bond use your watch and it's like oh yeah timely <laughs> reminder there right well how do i do that again which buttons do i have to press um but also the little bit on screen with um with with m doing doing his best basil exposition about save the girl go to save the girl go to the tower and, take, and it's <laughs> yeah I, but oh, i don't mind that if that's the way you tell stories these days then fine good it's it's an evolution and um whatever happens next and i'm sure we'll we'll discuss it either here or in the in the upcoming uh podcast um i'm really looking forward to it yeah definitely i i definitely noticed a call of duty influence on uh on this bond for sure certainly in the tower sequence where um going up with just yeah it, it was straight out of a video game but Again, um, and Terry, that's kind of another point, really, that I wanted to to bring up is that we talk a lot about Bond being a um, a construction and a, a reaction to what's going on in, in the era. We've obviously had various different types of Bonds, including Miami Vice Bond um, back in the Dalton days, where we basically there everybody looked the filmmakers looking go, what's popular? We've had black exploitation Bond. Um, do you think that this one, and this is my own personal theory, but I think there is a lot that I can see that has been, if not directly lifted, but heavily influenced by um, the Avengers style of movie, where you do have these these big story arcs. You've got a team around as well. And yes, they're not afraid to kill off a character or two. And the, the comic books that have sort of really taken over um, I guess mainstream cinema at the moment. How much of an influence, if at all, or do you think that that might have had on where we've ended up to with Bond? Oh, sure. I mean, I don't. I think what you what you can't say about James Bond in terms of its its storytelling and its and and its approach to filmmaking is that it's necessarily a hundred percent original. It is always borrowed. You know, sometimes, as you say, very heavily. You know, I mean, like it, it, when we Moonraker, I mean, Moonraker, they watched Star Wars and said, we'll put James Bond in space because <laughs> that's what people like watching. And you know? so, so, yes, I mean, they looked at they would, of course, they would have looked at those Marvel movies and gone, yeah, we should. That, this is the kind of stuff that we should be doing with James Bond. 
Uh, and yeah, as you say, I mean, like it is, it was really, I don't, I don't watch a great deal of modern cinema, sadly. Um, uh, but and I'm not familiar with any other action films that I've seen that has, I think, quite so directly in, been influenced by, by a video game, by, the, by video game storytelling. And, and maybe in that respect, it is quite a breakthrough um because you know it's like well yeah we are actually going to look at that 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 kind of narrative that kind of way of telling it of of, of of advancing a plot and utilize it in a in a non-interactive in you know situation like a movie which is which is quite interesting um and yeah presumably a response to audience sensibilities uh so i mean i i think that I think that Bond will always be informed by that, and I think that it's 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 good. And 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 the good news is with Bond is is that in most time, most occasions, they're always really good at it. So if they are kind of like magpieing a little bit, then you know at least they're 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 really really good at it. Um, and 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 they always chuck a heap of money in there, and they've got really good 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 people who know what they're doing, who know how to make movies, producing it, and you know. You know, understanding the value and importance of 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 the emotion now, and and in and and you know enriching characters further and giving them that sense of mortality, the idea that nothing is nothing shifts and nothing moves. I mean, we might have had a bit of a fake when Felix died, thinking, oh, there's there's some genuine tragedy there, or maybe that's that's the tragedy in this movie. But 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 you know, there was there was more to come. Mm. Graham, how do you feel this kind of sits as a film in the the era that we uh, we live in? Yeah, I think certainly it's got that MCU feel about it. It, it is it, it, but uh, I think because it's such a big, high level um, action blockbuster, I think you, you're always going to see that that those comparisons made. But you know, yes, Bond does borrow heavily but then again it's given so much as well so it probably feels like it's owed so it, oh, yeah. it, it probably feels like well look come on <laughs> people take what we've done and sometimes they do it a hell of a lot better hollywood has done that a lot isn't it they've they've made they've made better bond films and so and so what they what they bond goes well all right then well thanks for showing us how it's done we'll we'll mm. take all that back thanks a lot um, True Lies is probably one of the best examples of that, isn't it? And the way that that helped the the the, the Brosnan era uh, Bond films go, and the, with the early stages of of the Craig films, you've got got the Bourne uh, franchise as well coming in there, and, and the that, Rock, the Rock as well. Yeah, I'd yeah, say. yeah. We've, so there are lots of uh, films in which that that they've 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 gone right. Okay, well this is this is the this is the zeitgeist now. Um, let's adapt. And the, the the beauty of it is they have been able to. They've been able to take a character. They've been able to take a character invented in the forties, really. I mean, like the book started coming out in the fifties, but you know, this 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 character is is a wartime character, and yet he he is bang up to date right now. He's he he is here and he's still doing this stuff. And yeah. A lot of people will look at that at the the sort of video gamey elements of, of the of the last bit, and it it will leave them cold. It will it will make them feel that this is just something you know pandering to to a market. But you know this 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 kind of narrative's been around with us for you know at least twenty years now. So there's a large section of your audience that could be really used to it, and I think. Um, 
what has helped this one as well is that there is a lighter touch, even though it is it it, it goes with some pretty dark corners. There is a lighter touch with the with the with the uh, with the script. Cuba was brilliant um, for that, but uh, you you can almost get the the Phoebe Waller Bridge um, elements to her treatment to to the script, which really help because. Uh, like with all of the Bond films for the last twenty years, with Purvis and Wade, there are, there are there is some clunky dialogue in there, um, and there are. But at least here, it is punctuated by bits that are are truly um, funny, not just not just little humorous quips. They are they are funny bits and lines like uh, "Mad as a bag of bees." That, that's that, that's great. I love that, that as a description of Blofeld. That's that's, that's that's brilliant. It's so British and lovely. I I I, I think it's I, I think that 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 was just one example of, of of the many highlights in the in the script. So yeah, it has borrowed a lot from um, the Avengers franchise, the, the 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 whole raft of Marvel Marvel comic films. Um, but you can see other films have tried that and not got away with it. And I think you know, you've got something, if you've got a character as strong as Bond, and also you've got the supporting cast as well. And you're, you're right, Gary, uh, Ben Wishaw was, was excellent in this. I, th- I felt Money Penny was a bit underused. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to have seen a little bit more from her. She, in most scenes she was in, she was pretty much a, a prop rather than, the, the, than someone who was really... Uh, um, Helping the story go, uh, and the, and the same was true with with Tanner as well with with uh, Rory Kinnear's character. They were, they were, it's almost as if they had to be there because you know you've got to keep the Scooby Gang together. But other than that, I thought it was yeah the 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 things that it was taking from the 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 Marvel comic films were the right things you should be taking, and it, it the stuff that you should be. Uh, celebrating from the Bond films, that was that was the right stuff as well. Yeah, it, it, there's there's so much that you can kind of pick out, and if you're a cultural studies person, um, I'm sure academics will probably pour over it. Um, and yeah, just to highlight one of my favourite lines, and again, it, Craig doesn't always do humour, but he's got a very good delivery. And I think one of my favourite bits was when Madeline Swan said, "I've got something else to show you," and she goes, "Another child." <laughs> And that's just a there's those little bits in there. And again, it's suddenly not that you could ever really say that Craig often channels the spirit of Roger Moore, but that was a line that you could just imagine Roger Moore just coming out with a slightly arched eyebrow. And it just that that almost level of perfection that you can kind of see it's a one-off line and it's a small gag, but they've crafted it perfectly in in the way of Bond. It's um yeah, there's some quite quite brilliant moments playing throughout it. Um and if we talk about the flow as well, um and we've talked a lot about um this already, Terry, about the concept of, of you know, this these five films sitting in their own potential um multiverses um, as well and, and how everything has flowed through. When you go back and if the, you'd watched Casino Royale for the first time, would you have um really believed that by the time we get to the fifth outing, the final outing for Craig? That, um, how important both Vesper Lind and, uh, and Mr. White would have been still in the final movie. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that movie has such a profound impact on 
all of the Bond franchise, doesn't it? Casino Royale, it's, it's a superior film. It elevated the franchise. Um, and understandably, they've, they've, they've fallen back to it to, to, to bring back some of the more poignant emotional beats um, in subsequent movies. Um, in the, the, uh, I mean, and it's, and it's right that, that Bond can't move on can't have a happy life and let him and until one all of his enemies are dead but also that he's reconciled his emotions and feelings towards towards vesper and yeah and then in turn of course yes you say mr mr white is transpires is quite the protagonist when in fact i think initially i don't think that that's what they had him in mind for him anyway but i think that that i think that worked i think that was one of the good good aspects of spectre one of the best scenes in spectre is the scene at mr mr Mr. White's death scene, I think, is one of the one of the. It's super, super eerie, and it's really atmospheric, and it's a great two-hander and tremendous chemistry between Craig and your man, and he, and 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 it, it's and and of course, yeah, it then kicking on to to, to Madeline and and the, and setting up the relationship between those two. So hugely significant when, in fact, I think we all wondered whether or not you know he was sort of like going to end up never being seen again, you know, after Quantum of Solace because that was in, in many ways such an underwhelming underwhelming film so so yeah i mean i, I would I, I i won't say i was i was surprised but i will say i had given it a tremendous amount of thought but it's one of the examples of how i think that they've done relatively well in in uh, let's face it retconning this story arc because i don't i'd be very surprised if this was they sat down at the beginning of casino Royale and said right this is the first in a five film story arc that we're going to tell they would have had to have done a bit of backfilling um and at times i think it worked really really well such as now with this movie and, and less so with i think with spectre mm. yeah there was um i mean graham when you kind of compare this to spectre it, to me it felt like this was the film that actually spectre should have been or could have been. And I, w I also wonder as well if maybe, well, I might be reading too much into it, but if I was Daniel Craig and looking back, I was like, mm, I can see why I'd, why he'd want to come back for another one. Because um, it did feel like there was unfinished business at the end of Spectre. And also, you know, and say to me, this is, this is what I feel they were trying to do with Spectre, but never quite managed to get a grip on, probably because they were too excited with the shiny new Spectre toy that they had to play with very much yeah i think there there was a there is a lot to be disappointed about inspector there's a lot of great stuff in there though there really is i mean it's, it it is it is not a bad film by any respect but um after skyfall skyfall has its problems but it, it is a, that's a cracking film um and yeah it didn't quite hit the top notes that skyfall did but then you know skyfall did 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 lay down quite a big marker um so but when i watched no time to die i i was thinking about story arcs and things and about how they were going through and and the whole opening scenes there and as soon as they they, they started playing um all the time in the world then it it transformed that film for me and the way i viewed it as well I said to, to, to Terry after he saw it, I, I said to him that I, I got the feeling for me personally watching it 
this isn't a sequel to Spectre. This is a sequel to Onomachi's Secret Service. If you take Onomachi's Secret Service and you take uh, the way that Peter Hunt originally intended the film to finish, and that is to have the, the, the credits roll up as the DBS is driving off covered in flowers from the wedding and then go straight into the start of No Time to Die, then all of a sudden you've got a completely different film. But you've got one... It, it, it could almost match up, really. Of course, replacing Tracy with, with Madeline. And uh, and, and that, well, that works, and especially with the motif of, of, uh, of Honor Manchi's Secret Service coming through there. I think that's what the filmmakers were going for as well, which was, which I mean, you know, I, that, was, that was just one of the things that sold me completely on the film. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so yes, I can see I, I, what you were saying about the would they known that they would be here and here five five film films later. No, obviously not. Obviously not. They really like you you take it where it goes. What works works and you go with it. Um Mr. White did work and uh and he provides the best scenes in in Quantum of Solace as well. So you can see why they wanted to keep him as a character. Um and and the thing is is that Casino Royale has got such an impact. Evergreen is is so good as Vesper. And she really brings an important character from from Fleming alive, because and, and as soon as we we found out that that they were making Casino Royale, it was really how they're going to treat Vesper. What is she just going? Because there have been important characters in the Bond uh, books before that haven't been treated as as importantly as they were in the books. They've been lighter, frothier characters. Um, Tiffany Case is, is probably the best example of that. But Vesper is very, very, very important in the Bond um, canon. There, I've said canon now. Um, but uh, the, the way she, she brought it to life and the way the, way the film brought, brought her to life, she became important. That's why Quantum of Solace is a revenge story. And really, the revenge story doesn't end; it goes all the way through, and that's you. You, you get that with uh, with 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 Silver, and then and then with Blofeld, and then and then finally at the end with Safin as well. It all goes through, and yeah, you know, it's perfect. It's a perfect chain of events. Mm. There's, there's, yeah, uh, there's, there's such so many things to unpick as well. But um, just touching on Safin as well, um, one criticism, Terry, that has been, I have seen leveled a bit at the film is that they felt that Rami Malek's character of Safin was a little underwhelming. Um, I personally can understand that, but I also felt as well that in a certain respect, as, as, um, as we've said that this is potentially Madeline Swan's film, he's almost just a He's evil, and I don't dislike him, but he's almost a bit incidental to what's going on in the rest of the film. He is a, he's almost a, a personalised or perso MacGuffin personaed. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. MacGuffin is an is an, an enabler, isn't he? Uh, uh, and uh, I mean, I mean, it, I, it's it's difficult because you don't get. I think a full appreciation of his backstory, I think is the thing with, 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 with that. And you're also, in, so you're never entirely certain, you know, what his relationship, well, you know that he's obviously inherited this island and, but you're never entirely certain what's the deal with his crew, where he's got his resources from, how he's managed to, to orchestrate the, uh, you know, phenomenal things he did, the downfall of Spectre, the hijacking, the, the theft of a biological weapon, the, 
the the, the kidnapping of the uh, frankly absurd Dr. Obrachev, by the way, who was a character I didn't like at all. But, <laughs> but you know, that's fine. Um, I just thought he was, yeah, it's just just tonally just like wasn't fitting in with the movie at all. I just, just you know, you, you, I kept thinking about phony Blofeld from For Your Eyes Only when I was listening to him. It just wasn't, when I, when I was in there, it, 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 that, that didn't sit well with me. But that's just, that's just me. Um, so I would have liked to have seen a bit more of that, but I, I, I allowed myself to, uh, to just simply be carried along with his performance and the things that he said, and I allowed myself to just plug the gaps myself as, a, as an audience member as to what happened. It was nice to watch a James Bond film and not have everything spelled out to me. You know, I mean, these kind of movies, they're full of expositionary dialogue. They are full of like briefings about, oh, this, you know, what do you know about, you know, Safin 007, you know, and, and, and then, you know, oh, I do what I read in the papers, so, and all of that, and, and all of the, you know, those are, the, those are the kind of things that I think get left behind in old James Bond films. I think that they're out there. I think that the audience, you know, are entitled to try and fill the gaps in themselves. And I think, I think it's possible that, that maybe they could have rounded him out a little bit more. But but it's a minor criticism, bluntly, um, because I thought it was an excellent performance. Yes, a bit understated, but deeply, deeply cold, very macabre. There's uh, there's some real shades of um, of John Carpenter's Halloween going on, particularly in those opening in the opening scene of the of the movie, which I thought was really good and and added to that kind of that that kind of the horror element to the to the movie, which I really deeply appreciated. He gave Mar far more to this movie than he took away. Oh, mm. so what was your uh, what was your reading of the villainry, Graham? Uh, no, I'd, I'd go along with that as well. I, I think, yeah, he's not he's not a bombastic villain, um, and yet he doesn't get the sort of um, he doesn't have the flamboyance of silver. Which I mean, the, of the modern Craig films, then obviously you've got you, you you've got Mads Mikkelsen's um, put, uh, portrayal of La Chiffre, uh, and you've got Javier Bardem as well, who uh, do produce some of or a couple of the best villain performances in the whole of the franchise. There's there's not really uh, there's have we done a, a World Cup of Bond villains? Uh, because yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe yes. I think maybe just the one though, Graham. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't one thing that we got lost in for three years, was it? Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, they they are they are by far some so two well two of of, of the best villains in the whole franchise. Um, and, and then you've got. Uh, and then, then you've got Safin, who is, is completely more, far more understated than both of those. Um, but I think, yeah, he, he's almost the personification. He's almost like like the spokesperson for evil. He's you, you, he's he's just the front man, really, to this abomination of a of a of a of a thing he creates. Really, and uh, and that's 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 the real evil. That's the thing that's got to be stopped. I mean, he can just be shot under the table um, with his with his uh, with his gun under it. But um, yeah, in the end, his his end is pretty unspectacular. Shot in a shot in a in a puddle, and um, but of course he's he's done the worst thing possible. He's effectively killed James Bond. Um, <laughs> 
because he's because he's it's a it's he's he knows he's 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 a basically a walking dead man isn't he and yeah. i think he knows he's a walking dead man and what he's doing is he's just using his the last um months and years of his i mean he 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 died the day that he was shot by madeline swan as a child and he's been uh, spiritually at least he's been dead since then and, and and everything has been built around um a very very personal mission hmm. um and it didn't matter how he died because probably in his own mind he was already dead so yeah. i mean there's no and, and 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 i think that there's some there's something in that and, and it's also worth pointing out obviously that the 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 evil that um bond was trying to stop was of course created by m yes um and of course this is another aspect of modern storytelling and modern and these kind of whereas you know the the James Bond, James Bond universe, they are now shades of grey. They, you know, there aren't good guys and bad guys anymore. There are, it's a question of whose side you're on, mm. you know, and, and 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 what's important to you and what you want to keep and what and and it's it, what's important is love. It's and it's relationships and it's people, and it's characters, it's it's family and it's it's all these are the things that are important. It's not about good and evil anymore. It's not about who's right and who's wrong, because M does evil things in order to combat people who want to kill him people yeah, literally said i'm trying to protect i i i believe in the values of this country and i'm trying to protect them and there'll be people watching this from all over the world who will be implacably opposed to the values that britain has but will relate to m's motivation because they're coming from a place of love mm. rather than necessarily any sense of good or evil and that's that's an, another reason that's another reason why these I can imagine for the for some Bond fans, these movies, this this kind of movie might jar a bit, frankly. Um, and I'm not suggesting that it's 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 uh, more subtle or, or, or more intelligent that way. It, it, not at all. It's just simply a reflection, I think, of 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 the world that we live in. Yeah, it's it's proper yeah. spy, isn't it? Because you've got in a similar way in in Skyfall, it's it's the relationship that M has with Silver, isn't it? Really, the yes. way the way that she can just cut him off like that um and and basically assume that he's just gonna gonna, gonna die out of uh, of um out of her life she, she, he, he's not gonna come back and and cause so many so many problems but the the politics of spy are, are, are brought into to, to modern films uh, modern bond films and they work really well yeah, and it's usually yeah. something that they've tried to shy away from in the past. I mean, they gave it a bit of lip service back in the nineties under in, in Goldeneye, but really just a couple of lines. I mean, this yeah. has been baked in, you know, the, the, this has been baked into the plots of, of these of these movies. And and I mean, yeah, maybe you think, well, actually, I think it would be better if we had a little bit more fantasy to this. But I think it lends itself very well. And as I said, you know, it it it, it chimes well with the with with the Fleming bond. Um, for me, um, it chimes really well with the Fleming Bond, and 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 that's what I appreciated. And just to just to just to go back for a little bit from what Graham was saying about how the film is a a, a sequel to Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and this is underlined also because of the references to your own live to the to the book you only live twice um, uh, in this in this movie. The, you only live twice. The book follows immediately on from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. It's it's James Bond's revenge against Blofeld. And there's a line from there that's there's a scene from there which is effectively um, uh, taken from your only live twice, um, and also uh, uh, Safin's Poison Garden, um, because this is this is this is the where the climax of your only live twice takes place. Blofeld has a poison garden in the in in in, in the film in the book you only live twice, 
Um, I was expecting maybe a little bit more from that, but I mean, it, it you know, it, it served its purpose. Um, and it was a great scene, absolutely dynamite scene um, as well. So there's, so there's definitely, there was, there was callbacks during this. So it was, it, this movie was definitely being an indirect sequel to Other Majesty's Secret Service. And as listeners, regular listeners know, this it's a particular favourite of mine, and a, and I'd say collectively a favourite of ours as well. So, um, you know, it's extremely gratifying. It should we should, no one should be surprised that we love this movie. Yeah, not at all. And I think as well, um, I'll be really interested to see how this film is appraised in 10, 15 years as well, because it took a lot of time for On a Majesty's Secret Service to really, I think, kind of kick in with a lot of lot of love throughout the community because obviously what um you know the response to it at the time was um obviously it did well at the box office but people came back and were like i'm not sure this is a bond film because it was so different it had some quite um unusual emotional heft um from bond compared to to where we'd been previously with um with connery's bond so yeah there's there's a lot that i think will be interesting to see how this film um how we come to view it in five, ten years' time when we're looking back on it. Um, and uh, my suspicion is is similar, that even those who perhaps didn't like it at the time um, or haven't liked it when they've watched it now or haven't been a massive fan necessarily of the Craig era may, I might be be hoping a bit too much, but may come back and look at it with a little bit more of a, of a reappraisal, um, just as we look back at On A Majesty's Secret Service. And obviously... Um, none of us were alive when uh, On a Majesty's Secret Service came out, but we've all grown up with slightly different bonds and slightly different um, tastes in bond as well. Uh, we won't get into Moonraker at this point. Um, <laughs> but when um, when you kind of look back on it, it's, it's not a surprise that On a Majesty's Secret Service has aged so well because it has that almost a very modern sensibility and a, combined with a timeless storytelling. And I kind of feel that there's something a bit similar in this one as well, because you are starting to move into that more emotional heft that suddenly, yeah, bonds can sometimes look very outdated, but those concepts of love and family and revenge don't ever really go away. And they've been present throughout the whole of, of literature and, and, and into cinema as well. Um, so that's certainly where I kind of, feel um this film might end up and you know i might change my my opinion on a few more viewings um or i might not but i've certainly not come away with it um you know as a feeling of oh which uh, i think kind of uh, left me when i watched die another day for example which was mm, that was good maybe i'm not sure um but then i did watch it another 20 times very quick succession so i don't think anybody um will be quite necessarily doing that um but as we kind of get towards um the end of the podcast let's let's just kind of wrap up your your overall thoughts in this um graham where do you think or, or where do you think um the legacy will now be from this the craig era now that we we've had this almost kind of perfect wrap-up this is the million dollar question, isn't it? Because where do they go from here? If this had come out two years ago, as it was meant to, uh, if they hadn't brought out the rhythm section and it bombed so badly, it wouldn't have surprised me if they would have brought out a uh, a Numi um, spin-off from this uh, yeah. in her own Bond film. But because the rhythm section, which was another Eon production came, that came out, 
um, in 2019 and well, no, uh, well, you know, early 2019, and didn't do very well at all at the box office. It was, it was, and, that, and that's not because of COVID. It was just it it came and went long before COVID hit. Um, then I I think Eon probably uh, aren't gonna be doing anything else other than a Bond films from now on. When I was at the uh, premiere, and uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this already, but uh, yeah, I was at the Royal <laughs> premiere. Um, but when I was at the premiere, everyone, all the all the all the the main cast were out on the stage to be, at the, at the, before the before the screening. And uh, Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli came out onto the stage uh, to to give a, a quick speech about you know, about the whole production process of the of the film and the delay and everything like that. But it struck me how old Michael G. Wilson looks now, and he and he really has aged in the in the last um, uh, well since the last time I saw him on screens. And uh, I don't know if he's got the energy in him for another film or to start off the franchise again. Um, Barbara Broccoli looks looks great. I mean, she looks like she's ready to go. But I don't know if if he's going to be the the impetus behind the next chapter in the Bond story. Um, really, the door is open for them. They can go in any direction. The one thing is, obviously, with the franchise, that the clock is ticking. Um, they've got thirteen years left before the seventieth anniversary of Ian Fleming's death, and when that happens, technically copyrights up for grabs and so theoretically anyone can produce uh, a james bond film as it stands i think in canada you can make a bond film right now uh because the canadian copyright laws have a 50-year uh expiry so uh you wouldn't be able to to uh to um to distribute it in the us or or in the uk or, or any, anywhere in the eu um, but still, you, you could make it and show it in Canada and a few spots around the world. Um, so my take on on where it goes next is that Eon may well sell. Um, I, that, that's what I would do. If, if, I was, if I was Barbara Broccoli now, I'd be saying, Michael, you don't really want to go in and start making another, sign up an actor for another four films, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Let's take let's take the money. Let's let's buy Goldeneye and <laughs> our own Goldeneyes and yachts to go around it, and then just just live a happy life. Um, give it to Netflix. Give it to Disney. Um, let them do it because if they if they if they have it by the time the the seventieth anniversary comes around, then they have plenty of lawyers. Eon have had Eon have had enough. Uh, legal action in there in 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 the last 50 odd years they don't need any more they don't need any more of that grief um so yeah i i would say that it really depends on who's going to be producing these next bit next films and that's mm. gonna that's really for me that well that that is going to say what the legacy of this film and of the craig era is all is going to be about is is what happens next terry where where do you feel it's going to go um, and do you think that uh, that Barbara Broccoli will be sailing off on in in her yacht anytime soon? Well, I think that Barbara's probably got enough panache to maybe buy a Land Rover Defender. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've never wanted a Land Rover Defender more than I do now. I've got to be honest. Okay. Um, I, 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 um, 
I mean, I I think Graham's Graham's right. I, th- I think the only thing Ziggler would would say is the uh, Amazon are now heavily invested in MGM, and 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 it's possible that that they may be a potential um, home, shall we say? I don't know how I feel about that because apart from anything else, it you know, you know Amazon's chief executive is is kind of a Bond villain himself. So I, I, I'm not I'm not certain whether or, certainly would make good inspiration for a future Bond film. I don't know how likely that would be <laughs> if he ended up owning the <laughs> franchise. Um, and I think that that's where your possibilities of your spin-offs come from. Um, from an in-universe perspective, there's a slight issue about extending the universe because, of course, you've kind of closed the universe off by killing off the principal character. Um, and that means that is there a possibility of a, of, of spin-offs for, for, for Nomi and and and, um, um, and for Paloma? Um, but uh, I mean, I, I, yes, the answer to that is of course yes, of course there are there are possibilities to do that. And I would be disappointed to not see Lashana Lynch in a James Bond film again. That would be a disappointment, having done taken what is what is let's be honest, probably a quite bold and brave step in casting her and in conceiving that character. You know, there are an awful lot of what I would consider to be probably quite small C conservative James Bond fans, as indeed there are many progressive James Bond fans, a surprising number of progressive James Bond fans, if my Twitter timeline is anything to do with anything to do with it, um, and a very tolerant and understanding fan base. Um, and I would like to see uh, a Nomi back. I would, I badly want to see a Paloma film and I, and I think if they could get one of those two projects off around, then that's legacy enough, in my view. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with, with 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 Graham. I think it's 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 time that Barbara and 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 Mickey G got into their defender and headed off to Goldeneye. But I would probably be, I would advise, I would suggest that Barbara would probably be a good person to have around in future productions to sort of like make certain just to just for some oversight. Um, and to make certain that it falls into good hands. But this franchise is so well established now, that, and people are, there are so many clever, clever filmmakers now that it, it, it's, you know, it's you'd have to work hard to mess up James Bond. I mean, it can be done, it has been done, but I mean, you, you know, you'd have to work pretty hard to, to seriously mess it up, to break it. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm kind of, I would like to see, I think we're ready to see an extended universe of James Bond. Now, I think that we, if we can see, you know, if we've seen Star Wars and Star Trek and, and the Marvel cinematic universe sort of like expanded, then Bond is, is ready for an extended universe. And, and I'm, I am very much uh, ready, to, ready to find the TV show or the movie that speaks to my specific demographic and watch it. And then I can probably ignore the stuff that probably isn't. Isn't, isn't necessarily catered for me. I'm all aboard that. Yeah, and, and let's face it, there is there is plenty of uh, ability for people to target movies um, based on people's tastes as well. Um, and right down to the point where um, we ended up watching a film the other night, which was entirely seemed to be written for my wife, which involves Christmas movies, love stories, castles, and two eighties <laughs> icons of Brooke Shields and Carrie Ellis. So um, it was, uh, and, and uh, yeah, that was on Netflix. And I thought, if there were, if this had ever been written, it's like they've gone through her history and written the perfect movie for her, and which uh, she would agree to in there. Whereas my Netflix probably looks very, very different. But um, yeah, this is. 
I, I feel that there's still more, and I feel that um, the Audio Pod will probably come back to look at the Craig era as a whole. I think it's fair to say, gentlemen, and I think we've got a we've got scope to extend our universe into that. Um, certainly, our universe probably extends. Uh, we, obviously, we haven't touched Pierce Brosnan's canon as much as well, so we may go uh, may go there yeah. um, as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I feel that that's a good point to uh, to bring to a close. Um, and again, if you've listened throughout this entire podcast um, and haven't watched the film, well, you probably just ruined it for yourself. You only have yourself to blame. Um, that's what the Internet's for. But I'm sure you'll probably turn around and get angry with us anyway, because that was, that's what the Internet does. Um, but if you have watched the film and you listened and considered our, our hot takes and cool considerations uh please do get in touch with us um odd job pod on twitter and on facebook as well um if um you've come to us having just gone i need to find out more i can't get enough of no time to die because i think i was on reddit for about a good two hours the evening when i uh, finished watching uh, no time to die of course uh, you're very welcome to go through our back catalogue and also please hit subscribe into your uh podcast uh delivery mechanism of choice um just as james bond will be back gentlemen i believe the odd job pod will be back in uh, in 2022 um providing that we've not just suffered a, a complete and utter catastrophic uh, breakdown of society and uh, we're then just ending up discussing george a. romero films instead which is equally well might go as well um until then um Another viewing at some point, gentlemen? Yeah, definitely. Well, the Blu-ray's out at the end of the year, so that'll that'll be me. That'll be me. I, I'm, I'm watching a 2022 director's commentary uh, live from the back of Sibley's garden. That that could certainly happen, yes. It starts to chime. <laughs> yes, all comes together. And with that, we'll leave that tantalising little morsel hanging in the air for our listenership. Um, but suffice to say... Bond will be back. The Odd Job Pod will be back. Thank you very much to Graham. Thank you to Terry. Thank you, dear listeners. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, And goodbye. 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 Goodbye.